Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Honestly Hannah, a podcast hosted by me, Hannah Coda, where I share all my honest opinions about all things going on in the world. I'm treating this podcast like a diary, and trust me, I have a lot to say. Welcome back to this week's episode. I have to apologize, um, obviously, for starting out by not um, posting last week. I had a full episode ready to go, but there were some technical difficulties that I just couldn't get over and honestly can't like Monday came and I was like I just don't think I should like post this um, or try to figure out how to fix this so and there were also some other factors so I was like you know what I'm just gonna start fresh next week and yeah and just move forward from there it was the first time I ever took a break um which was like honestly kind of weird I just I don't know wasn't really expecting to take a break and so it felt like something was missing my whole week because um, usually like I'll post on Instagram like about my episodes and you know I don't know it just it felt a little off all week so I do want to come on and say that I um, apologize for not posting last week and honestly I'm probably gonna have to apologize again because this week I wanted to come on and I had a full episode ready to talk about serial killers. <laughs> I know um, it might have been a little random, but I've actually decided as of like a couple minutes ago that I want to completely change this week's topic to talk about the Oscars because I was waiting to film this this episode until I had finished watching the Oscars um, so I could be relevant and like talk about relevant things, um, especially because I know I like to talk about award shows and movies and TV and well, just movies for this one. So I wanted to wait, but then I saw the Oscars in real time and I just feel like I have to do a deep, deep, deep dive into this because I'm upset and I, I don't know, I feel like these award shows sometimes there's always some type of like, you know, uproar or like there there's like some disappointment or someone you like really wanted to win, like doesn't win and that happens and like that's cool or whatever. But this year's Oscar just Oscars just seemed off with their choices of who won the Academy Awards and then also just like the whole award show in general and this like marks the end of award show season so normally award show season like starts around November-ish and then ends like like late February early March and that's what they call award show season because it's the Oscars um the Golden Globes uh the guild awards um critics choice awards like you know the major ones for tv and film as well as the grammys the grammys happen and i think the american music awards are usually in november so that's why i say kind of november ish um and then it kind of ends but you know because of covid and the pandemic they decided to put the oscars a little bit later i honestly thought it was because they were waiting to see if they could, like, let go of some regulations, which they did, which, and they explained at the beginning, um, you know, which is why they weren't wearing masks, because they were either tested multiple times or they were fully vaccinated, everyone on set. And I guess maybe we should just talk a little bit about, yeah, like, from the beginning of the show and what I have, like, what's wrong with it for me. Um, before I get into that, I do want to say that 
next week i am going to be talking about serial killers and my obsession with like serial killer tv shows um because a couple weeks ago it was okay i don't watch normal tv normally but i was watching normally normal tv and i turned to the oxygen channel which when i did watch normal tv like in my childhood that was like a normal channel i would go to to watch with my grandma or my mom or whatever and so i was flipping through the channels and i saw like this title of like something about a serial killer that i had known and then on oxygen they had a week of serial killers or like a week of murder or something like that murder mysteries and it just intrigued me and then i ended up watching oxygen the entire week because they had specials on certain like serial killers And then it kind of just hit me that I am obsessed with all murder type mystery shows like Criminal Minds, Law and Order, Law and Order SVU, Law and Order Criminal Intent, um, all the NCISs, uh, CSI, like I have seen them all. I literally sometimes watch Criminal Minds to go to bed. So this is promo for next week. If you want to listen to an episode where I just rant and rant and rant about fake serial killers and real serial killers and my thoughts behind it all, please tune in next week. However, this episode is going to be about the Oscars and film buff things and also just like some pop culture things that I think they could have done better and I was really confused about. So if you want to hear more about the Oscars, Please continue listening. I am going to jump in starting from the very beginning. Okay, so let's get started. I should probably state for the record that I love award shows. Whether I have seen all of the content or heard all the content or whatever, there's just something about award shows that I've just always really loved. And I think it's like the, like, well, not even really that. I just like seeing celebrities all in the same place, like interacting But also, like, getting the recognition if I think that they did a good job. Like, I don't know. There's just something so glamorous about award shows. Specifically the Oscars, right? I feel like the Oscars are, like, the creme de la creme. Like, it is the, like, top event and, like, high-profile event. Because, like, uh, like, actors from way back when come out of, like, the woodworks. Like, it you know, that, that happened, um, this Oscars as well, but, and usually, no matter really how the night goes in terms of nominees and winners, it's still very glamorous, it seems very put together, even if it's, like, not, and maybe it's because they do it in the Dolby Theater, which seems really, like, you know, just old Hollywood and, like, very just extravagant, right? Well, they didn't do that this year, at least not fully. So, you know, the Oscars have a contract with the Dolby Theater. So half of the people were in the Dolby Theater just like chilling in the the seats. Um, and then the other half of people were at Union Station. So I guess that's where I'm going to start from the very beginning. We get um, Regina King walking in from the red carpet that looks like to be right outside Union Station, walking into Union Station, and then finally getting to the stage. And it takes her like about two to three minutes. And I know that doesn't really sound like a lot of time, but it is. Like that is a lot of time to be walking in a like hundred of thousand dollars dress that if she moves one little inch out of, she will probably break or whatever. 
um or it will like come apart or she will come apart I don't know so she it starts off there and when they announced that it was going to be at Union Station I'm like okay for anyone that's been to Union Station it is literally like smack dab in the middle of downtown LA or like it's in downtown LA and it is not the most glamorous place but it is definitely like rich in history everybody's been to union station i feel like even if you know you're not from la like at one point you've passed it you know where it is you've come in from a train or a bus or whatever like union station is the hub and yeah i I guess it kind of looks good but i just would have never picked union station to be a location and maybe there's a backstory on it but i couldn't really find anything anywhere of why they picked union station And it was random because I don't know if any of you all could hear, but from the very beginning, you can hear the trains in the background so very slightly, but it annoyed some people in my household. And I'll I'll let you know that because you can't just stop all operations at one of the most major like transportation sites in Southern California. And so of course there were still buses and trains and stuff like in the works and they just kind of like sectioned off one part of Union Station um so like that was annoying and I feel like that threw off the sound of the show the entire time instead of being in a theater where the acoustics are obviously made for that um so that was annoying so I think the location I, I I I you know pat on the back for trying something different and trying a new location and I think they had to do two locations or multiple locations due to you know regulations and social distancing and all that stuff so whatever but like also out of all places in LA or god even in the world because they had some people in you know the UK and Ireland and Italy and France like out of all places in the world you chose Union Station but okay whatever so we have Regina King coming in. She looks out of breath and not, I, obviously not because I think that she's like out of shape, but it's very nerve wracking walking for two to three minutes on live television through Union Station up onto a grand stage in front of all of your peers. Um, so she gets to the stage and kind of takes a breath like in like, this is what I don't understand about award shows. Like I thought we kind of banned that kind of stuff. Like it's not pretty. It's kind of confusing. I was confused as like, is she the host? And that was nothing. There's no host. And I know award shows are starting to like move away from like not having hosts because so many hosts in the past have been so controversial that they don't want to have a host and blah, 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 blah. But I was just confused because they made it, they set it up as if like Regina King was about to host the whole show at least that's what I have in my mind so she gets on stage she starts talking obviously I don't really remember much of what she said I know she you know ended up giving out some awards and this is kind of the format the entire night they pick a big name actor or actress um to come up and kind of say a couple words um which was also I feel like different this year and I get it I get what they were trying to do However, (laughs) I did not appreciate it as a viewer, and I'm someone who loves movies and who loves to know the background story about these actors and actresses and, you know, editors and directors and producers and all this stuff. However, if you watched the Oscars, you know what I'm talking about. What they ended up doing was giving, like, a little, like, it was almost like an icebreaker fact, like, oh, yeah, like... (laughs) 
This person started as an usher at the Dolby Theater, used to serve your popcorn, and now he's nominated for Best Sound and nominated for an Oscar himself. And it's like, that's great. I think that's amazing. But do I need to know this piece of information right now on live television when I'm already dedicating three to four hours of my life watching this? Not necessarily. Like, if I think that they did a good job or whatever, I'm going to look it up myself. I just thought it was extremely long and extremely taxing to the viewer it just and then another thing this year which they tried differently is they didn't cut anyone off when they gave a speech and when I mean they didn't cut anyone off they did not cut anyone off so there were people up there awkwardly talking for minutes people I didn't know people no offense that I don't really care to hear um, you know, talk for very long and maybe I'm just being bratty. I don't know, but it just made it a little boring, a little much. And I get it. They want to think and, and thank the right people and make sure that they're thanking everyone. And this is their, their, you know, 15 seconds of fame, but that's the thing. It needed to be 15 seconds and not five minutes. It was just, it was just out of control. Like, I don't think I would like anything like that to ever happen again. <laughs> I I didn't really appreciate them cutting off people before, but now I understand why they did. Um, another thing that was different, there was no musical performances. So normally in the Oscars to kind of like vibe it up, they allow or they ask um, the people nominated for original song um, to perform throughout the show. They also usually do like a background um, type of trailer moment for each of the best picture nominees they didn't do that um yeah it was just it, it was different and I could tell that they were trying to do something different again from the very like second that they started usually at any award show they have a camera facing straight like at the the person speaking and like is this if you're like watching them yourself you're someone in the audience and you're watching them they didn't do that it, it was side cameras and like people following I don't know it's it was a little too much for me at one point I got I got a little dizzy like I got a little nauseous because they were just the camera angles were kind of weird like they were literally like following people as if it was kind of like vlogging if that makes any sense that's the best thing I can compare it to um and yeah dude it was just not the format I was really ecstatic about or I really just accepted. Like, for instance, like the Grammys this year, they did something different, right? They did a lot of pre-recording, um, which I think the Oscars did too, but you could totally tell what was pre-recorded. With the Grammys, I feel like you couldn't really tell what was pre-recorded. Also with the Grammys, you know, it wasn't like this huge crowd. It was only people who were nominated at that time. Um, and it felt very, very small, but also just like just as grand. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. The Grammys did something different and I think it worked. And then the Academy Awards or the Oscars tried to do something different. And I don't feel like it worked from the venue to the way that they set everything up. Also, like, <laughs> um, there was just like, you could tell which actor or actress had a relationship with, the actor or actress that they were introducing or like the person they were introducing like Laura Dern was introducing um 
best supporting actor in a motion picture and it ended up being um I believe his name is Daniel uh from Judas and the Black Messiah and when she was like you know naming out the nominees she specifically like looks to him and says like this off-script piece about like how much she loved him in that film and it's like I get it but like and then he ended up winning. So it was just kind of like, okay, like, did we all know this before? Um, and I feel like it was like that for a couple of people, like, that they had personal relationships with. They started saying a couple facts, like, about them um, that weren't, like, originally in the script. Um, so, yeah. And then what I think was the weirdest slash greatest part of the whole thing I don't know, um, was, like, close to the end, it was, like, I think before they, they gave out the Best Picture Award, um, Questlove brought out a friend, and I'm blanking on his name right now, but obviously I've seen him everywhere because he's hilarious and he's been in a couple things, um, but he brings out this, like, usher-type person or, like, you know, MC, and they're gonna play a game on live television right before they give out the biggest award of the night, but, okay, whatever, they didn't do anything like this, like, the rest of the show, there was no, like, big comedic relief, and this was it, like, right before the end, I don't know, it seemed really, 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 really random, maybe they were doing this throughout the show, like, I know I've been to tapings before, where they do this throughout the show, like, there's, like, some type of, like, um, like, MC type person who's, like, running the show when it's not filming, and you hear them over the microphone, and they're trying to make light, like, they're trying to make people laugh, so when they come back to live television, everybody's smiling, and, you know, oh, so there's always, like, this type of person, so I thought maybe they were just recording, like, one segment of, like, them doing that when the cameras are not rolling, and now they're rolling, and they want to show the audience, or sorry, yeah, like, the audience, like me, uh, what they've been doing when it wasn't rolling, you know, um, but no, it definitely seemed like it was random, it looks like the audience was not ready for it, it didn't seem like it, like it was, it wasn't fluid, I don't know, it just seemed random, so anyways, they do this little segment, and then the MC type guy again, forgetting his name, he goes up to Andrea Day, and I think it's Andrea or Andrea, um, who was nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role um, in a Motion Picture, which I ended up did seeing that movie with she was Billie Holiday and Billie Holiday versus the United States. And they, they play this Prince song and she quickly makes a very correct but like smirky sarcastic type comment where there was, you know, profanity involved and like I don't know, it was just real awkward. Obviously, she was correct. I, I agree with what she was saying. But um, she says this, you know, this is comment that like Purple Rain by Prince was not no- not nominated, nor did it win an Oscar, even though it should have been. Um, and that the Oscars should have recognized that and they never do. Um, so they go on to the next person, which again, Dan- Daniel from Judas and the Black Messiah, and he's like trying to play along with him, you know, and trying to have like this like back and forth banter that's going to be good for television. And then all of a sudden they go to Glenn Close and 
it just is like wait is this staged but honestly the way that everyone was reacting I don't think it was staged I know that they let them know kind of ahead of time like hey by the way this person's gonna come to you um you know can you just go along with it like they do give them the heads up however her knowing that song from that Spike Lee movie like I don't think that she was ready for that I thought I don't think that they were like fully counting on that interaction happening and it was just ended up being a little funny bit it did it it was funny but it was so it felt so random and just so out of place because the rest of the award show before that and after that was extremely like serious how the Oscars like normally are you know and there wasn't really any comedic relief and that's what they put in there and I just thought it was just it was weird, y'all. I don't know. Everything just felt a little, everything just felt a little off. And those are just, that, that's how I felt about the whole production of the show. Um, now I want to get into the nominees and like where I think that this, where I think that this all went wrong. I just want to talk about the nominees, but also, okay, look. I thought that they were going to cut out some of the awards um, because of, like, time. That's what I read this year, that they were going to cut out some of them. And I believe that they did. However, there are still some categories that I just don't think that they should focus on on primetime television. Like, I get it. Like, they're, like this is the Oscars. They're trying to, like, you know, talk about everything in regards to film and, like, real filmmaking. So, like, best sound or, like, sound mixing, like totally get that but like and like editing and cinematography understand those however when we get to like best short documentary I haven't heard of these and I know most of them are foreign which has nothing to do with that but like best short doc okay I guess um or like I'm trying to see here I get like I guess best makeup and hairstyling I guess I get it, you know, best visual effects, I guess, but like this one, so best original screenplay versus best adapted screenplay, I understand what that means, which is like someone who physically wrote a brand new screenplay about a brand new idea, about a brand new story, narrative, whatever. Best adapted screenplay, meaning it was either a play or some type of story, like an essay or a poem or whatever, and they wrote a new screenplay based on that idea or the story, or, or, you know, the play, or the musical, whatever it may be, but, like, do we really, or, like, a book, you know, like, No Man Land is based on a book, and somebody wrote an adapted screenplay based on that book, um, I don't know, like, just, can we just make it one category, I don't know, is that, is, is that dumb to say, I don't know, or live action short film, I get, like, best documentary, so, like, I understand that, but I don't know, and I get the animated stuff because I think animated is really, like, underrated and that it, like, animated pictures, like, can be, you know, best picture, best motion picture, Um, but I just feel like there are too many categories, like, you have three hours, three hours of content, which in this day and age is a lot, okay? It's a lot. It's a lot for people to have the attention span for three hours, especially with all of those stupid, crazy long commercials in between. I What I always do, I, I always record it and then wait either 30 minutes to an hour 
from when it starts so if it starts at five I will start watching either at 5 30 or six o'clock and just fast forward through all the commercials and then by the time it's like 8 p.m 7 30 I'm all caught up and I don't have to watch any of that stupid stuff um so like come on you have three hours of my time and you're wasting it on best live action short film like I don't I don't know it just it doesn't really make any sense to me as a viewer who actually enjoys these type of award shows um but going back to nominees and like who won and everything um honestly I was happy about something so let me talk about that first uh best costume design I feel like went to uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom good with that same thing with best makeup and hairstyling best cinematography I knew Mank was gonna win his name um unfortunately I cannot pronounce but yes agree with that um I'm so happy that um Emerald Fennel I believe her name is uh won best screenplay for Promising Young Woman I when they like like said her name and then showed her and then said that she was um in the crown and that she had to like leave there to like then go like film her own movie I was like oh my god it just clicked to me I didn't realize she plays um the prince's you know well now wife but in the crown um like his like love affair person and I I completely like didn't recognize her so so not only is she like a writer and an amazing one she's also an actress and in very successful tv shows uh best original score and best animated film both went to Seoul really happy about that best documentary feature my octopus teacher I actually watched this literally like two days ago um uh, it's on Netflix. It was a Netflix uh, original film. Um, I had heard a lot about it. Honestly, you know what ended up getting me to watch it is I was on my stories on Instagram and I saw that Vanessa Hudgen was watching it and the next like story that she put, she was like crying and she was like, this is so good, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, a documentary about an octopus is making you cry? Like, what are you talking about? Um, which I now understand. I didn't cry, but I now, I get it. I would highly, highly, highly recommend you guys watch it. It is a story about life, (laughs) which I know sounds super, like, cliche, but anybody who's, who has seen it knows what I'm talking about. It's, it's about the purpose of life, of, like, why are we here? And it's this man who... I know it sounds really dumb right now, but it's this man who uh, facilitates and creates and nurtures this relationship with an octopus. And um, obviously the story is much more than that, but he ends up, you know, revisiting this octopus every day for over a year and the connection he makes with this octopus and you know, just the reasoning behind everything and, like, what happens during these three, 365 days that he visits it is just, you know, in the beginning of the story, I don't want to give a lot away if you haven't seen it because I highly recommend that you do. Um, it's just a really good story that I think I needed to hear at the time um, or right now, I guess, um, because he's in a place where he had to, to have a transition in his life. And so, Um, it was just a really heartwarming, um, like, good-feeling documentary to watch. Um, there's a climax, there's a narrative, and 
there's definitely like a positive outcome that comes out of it so highly recommend you watch it however the people who accepted the award on this behalf i guess they're like the writers and creators you don't see them obviously throughout this entire film but like them for instance they went on for like 10 minutes and i was like really on best documentary they're gonna let them talk for like 10 minutes really and on and i loved the film i thought it was amazing i thought it was well deserved that they won however i still did not want to hear them talk for 10 minutes mostly because i had no idea who they are or who they were um and also just like they kind of just kept thanking the same people i don't know it was just it was annoying guys <laughs> i'm sorry uh best supporting actor again daniel kalua i believe that's how you say his last name um well deserved judas and the black messiah best director they gave it to chloe chow i kept hearing it they everybody was saying it differently so i'm so sorry if i'm saying it wrong i thought it was pronounced zhao but i think it's pronounced with more of like a ch, like a chloe chow um I'm sorry if I am offending anyone or saying it incorrectly, but um, yeah, she won for No Man Land for Best Director. She won for Editing. Um, and I was surprised about that. Um, best Original Song, which I thought was interesting, went to her, H-E-R, the artist, her, and the song title was called Fight For You. I just thought it was interesting because her one best song um of the year for the grammys and she won best song or best original song of the year for the oscars so i thought that that was really cool like she in what world have we seen that happen in the same year um i don't think it's ever happened if anything it, ha it was like once or twice in history and i think that's something she, be she should be really proud of i followed her from the beginning i'm not the biggest fan but I remember seeing her on Ellen, like, as a child, as this, like, music prodigy where she could play the drums, piano, guitar, all of it all at the same time. Um, and then, of course, she can sing. And I I think she's truly, like, a really good songwriter um, and obviously going to stay in the industry for a really long time. But I just think that that was really, really cool that she got both of them. And then we go on to Best Picture, Best Actress, and Best Actor. So, Best Actor went to, um, sorry, Best Actress went to Frances McDormand, which they kind of make a joke. I guess she goes by Fran in her personal life, and in the movie, her character's name is Fern, so Fern and Fran, whatever. She wins Best Actress. It's one of the last awards of the night. It's the second to last award, and she gets up there, and it's just a little weird, guys. Not to mention, I don't think that she is deserving of this award, um, as well as No Man Land. I was happy that they kind of gave it to Best Director because there, it, it looked like there had to be a lot of research done in this movie, and there was a true passion behind it. However, do I think it should have won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, Best Editing? Like, no. No. I get why it was a nominee, actually. I do. I, I do get why it was a nominee. You know, spoiler alert, which I'm going to put in the title anyways. Um, I, I've seen it. I watched half of it and I got really bored turned it off and then continued watching the rest of the half of it the rest of the half um the next day 
Um, and yeah, I still didn't think it was that good. <laughs> it's about a woman who um, basically loses everything that she has during the recession. I believe the year was 2011. Um, she lived on this like plant with her husband. And when I mean plants, like I mean like a community, a land um, where her and her husband both worked for this company and they provided this space for them and everyone that worked at the company. Um, and then one day they just, you know, are out of business because of the recession, even though this place had been open for about a hundred years or something like that. And then her husband got sick and passed away. And so not only did she lose her house and her livelihood, she also lost her partner. She doesn't have kids. Um, so she's forced to kind of just travel the country, I guess, um, looking for employment, looking for a place to stay. And she finds the nomads. Um, and basically what these people are, are they, I don't know, I guess they just find each other um in whatever stages you are in life most of them are a little bit on the older side um, but there are some families in there with younger kids and basically what they are just people who go about their lives and they live off the land and they don't have property I guess you can say but they have vans and RVs and motorhomes and things like that and they just live off of them and it's a community of people that have just lived off of the earth um, they mostly travel up and down the Midwest and then move to different places depending on the season. You know, they're not going to stay in a really cold climate when it's the winter. So, um, and it's just like a different way of life that there are people out there to this day still living. Um, and along the way, she meets some people who treat her some new or teach her some new trades, um, and then at one point we realize that she has a sister with the house where she can stay and she just tells her sister like, hey, I'm not this, I'm not a person to just stay still. I need to be out. I need to be free. And I've learned how to live this way. She even finds a man at some point who ends up settling down and becomes a grandpa. And she's like, no, I don't really want this life. And she kind of just ends up living off of the land in her little white van and that's the story. <laughs> I don't know. Like, obviously, there's some deeper meanings in there. Obviously, like, there are some stories, like, the, and people that she meets along the way um, that give her, like, little bits of knowledge here and there. But honestly, I don't get it, <laughs> especially because I've seen most of the other nominated films. Um, I still think The Trial of the Chicago 7 should have won a lot. Um, I thought they were going to give it to Mank for some things um, just because of the nostalgia of Citizen Kane and that era if you saw Mank. Um, and yeah, guys, I just don't get it. Um, I think that they should have given it to Viola Davis for Best Actress. She was extremely good in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um, she plays a completely different character that we've never seen before and it was so interesting to see because obviously it's her face you can see that it's Viola Davis but like the costume and that's what I mean I understood that the costuming the hair and makeup was so to the T done like it, she completely transformed into a different person so again I understand that but I don't know guys I I don't understand it um, I know No Man Land is on Hulu. So if you have a Hulu subscription, you can watch it. Watch it at your own discretion. I know I got bored. I just maybe it's because I don't get it. I'm not in 
that part in my life right now where I feel like I am in retirement or I'm lost or whatever. So maybe that's why most of the academy is in that time of their life. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is and why, you know, everyone really liked this film. I haven't heard anyone really talk about it other than the Oscars and the Golden Globes. Like, I don't know. I just didn't get it. And then for best um, actor, which I think was an upset for a lot of people, I think they thought they were going to give it to Chadwick Boseman. However, they gave it to Anthony Hopkins uh, for The Father. Um, and yeah, guys, like it's Anthony Hopkins. Like he, he was great. <laughs> like it was a great film. Um, and I think a lot of people are wondering why they didn't give it to Chadwick. Chadwick, I again, I saw Ma Rainey's back black bottom he plays a very very vital important role in that film and again it's a play it's normally a play that they adapted to a movie um and you could totally tell when you're watching the movie it's it's a very like play vibe um and he plays a different character he actually plays the villain in that movie ish i don't know there's a lot like going on in that movie there's a lot of dialogue there's a lot of monologues in that movie with chadwick and yeah he plays a completely different character than what we're like used to seeing in like 42 or um in black panther so it was a different character for him and i think he did a really good job and i thought you know they were going to give it to him but they gave it to anthony hopkins and i know that was like the upset of the night i think um but yeah I'm just overall just kind of disappointed. <laughs> um, I wish that it was a different movie. Honestly, I, I really do wish it was a different movie about different issues other than the recession that happened in America and how it affected people. Don't get me wrong. I know. I mean, it affected me. <laughs> um, it affected a lot of people, but I just didn't think it was a strong enough film to win all of these categories and then to win best picture um chloe you know for best director like that part i understood because it was like i said like you had to have an immersive experience and i think that she portrayed it very very well um and in her directing like you could clearly see it and in the cinematography um but yeah guys i i, I don't know I'm just upset. <laughs> and if you're feeling the same way, can you please let me know either down in the comments or on my socials because I just don't get it. Can someone please explain to me like what the heck? I'm upset. <laughs> okay, so just a couple more things to talk about. Um, so they gave Tyler Perry um, the Humanitarian Award for this year along with another group, but really everyone's talking about Tyler Perry's speech. And honestly, I thought it was amazing. I thought he kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of the term refuse hate. He said, I refuse to hate you if you are black. I refuse to hate you if you're white. I refuse to hate you if you're Mexican. I refuse to hate you if you're a policeman. And he says different things like that. And I, I truly believe in this statement. Um, I don't think you should really hate 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 anyone just because of their demographics or physical appearance or whatever it may be or their physical you know their status in life at that point um you know we have a lot of prejudices and a lot of you know mindsets and stereotypes that we were socially taught that need to be untaught and honestly 
we can't keep generalizing like people into a certain group uh, just based on the color of their skin or their economic status or their gender or their sexuality. Um, He did bring that up too. And I thought it was a really, really, really well put together speech. I think he's just a great public speaker. (laughs) Every time he talks, I feel like he just, he, he hits the nail on the head every single time. Um, everyone's talking about Zendaya and what she was wearing. Um, I think she looked beautiful and yellow looked really good, but honestly, I feel like no matter what she wears, she looks really good. I think she has a really good team behind her as well as herself. Like she knows what she's going to feel confident in. And then finally, of course, I have to talk about that speech, um, for Best Supporting Actress by Yeon Jun Yoon, which I believe that's how you spell it, even though, or sorry, say it, even though she made fun of everybody. She said, I forgive you for tonight, um, for missaying or misspelling or whatever her name, um, which again, if I'm not saying this right, I really do apologize. That is how I am interpreting it right now, but, you know, I may be wrong. I thought her speech was the best of the night. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was cute. I thought it was everything that we needed in an Oscar speech. (laughs) Even though at one point it was like going somewhere else, but I think she was just trying to collect herself. But her lines that she said, like, she was the most relatable person of the entire night. Um, I think it was so beautifully, just so organic and everyone was super excited that she won and I thought it was very well deserved so happy that she won she was predicted to win and honestly I'm just so happy because that was definitely one that I think was deserved all right y'all that is pretty much all I have for this week's episode um because I'm talking about something that's so relevant I don't really want to go into what happened last week however next week I will Um, And then I also will, again, be talking about serial killers and, um, you know, I don't want to, like, like, dramatize it or, um, you know, make it seem like I am in infatuated with these serial killers and, like, I don't want to, I don't want to put it in a bad or, sorry, not, I don't want to put it in a good light. Um, However, I do want to talk about it because I know I'm not the only one who has this obsession and who enjoys these shows and enjoys these kinds of topics. So, um, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. Please make sure to like, subscribe, send a review, or comment a review, and comment. All of those things. I feel like I say this every week, but I always forget all of the things that we can do to be interactive. Um, And for you to tell me if you liked the episode or not. Um, But yeah, um, thank you so much for listening. And stay tuned for next week. And this was Honestly Hannah. Bye.